Thursday, March 20th, 2014. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon. And tonight we present a discussion on the 19th path of the Kabbalistic Tree of Life called Strength. Now, this path laterally connects the spheres of Geburah on the Pillar of Severity with Hesed on the Pillar of Mercy. The path is attributed to the letter Teth, the serpent, and the astrological sign of Leo. And the tarot trump shows a woman gently closing the mouth of a lion. This is the key path on the lightning flash, which defines our extended middle pillar yoga system. Gareth Knight suggests that it represents the initiatory journey of an Adeptus Major, 6 equals 5, to the Adeptus Exemptus, 7 equals 4. Crowley's version of this card was called Lust, and he had the woman riding on the beast. This at least symbolizes one aspect of this path, that of conquering the beast within. Uh, the lion symbolism is also astrological and alchemical, and the heart of the lion being the marker star Regulus in the Golden Dawn sidereal system. This also relates to the labors of Hercules. And this is an important path and the last one before Ta'ath on the short path. So if you want to get ready to make the big jump across the abyss, stay with us and we'll uh, explore the path with you. Now, um... I've said a few things here that, in the abstract that uh, probably need uh, amplification. Uh, those of you who are looking at a at a Minuto Mundum uh, Tree of Life diagram at this point, uh, and uh, when you're listening to these lectures, that's a pretty good idea to do that. Uh, you'll notice that the lightning flash comes down and zigzags its way down and crosses uh, from Hesed, it comes down from Binah through Da'at and hits Hesed, and then it comes back across, laterally, across this path. As this is one of the girder, one of the three girder paths, lateral paths in the tree of life. And it goes from Hesed to Geburah, and then it yeah, goes on down through uh, through Tipperet. But, um, the lightning flash is follows the numbers one two three four five six seven eight nine ten. It follows the numbers of the spheres. Now, if you, uh, I'm sure you've all seen the the serpent of wisdom that uh, climbs up through the paths of the trees and of the tree, and it, it touches each one of the uh, paths as it goes up and it winds its way up, and all 22 paths get touched. And this is called the path of the serpent going up. And in occultism, generally, Western occultism, uh, it is uh, suggested that the, the aspirant should work all of these 22 paths as he goes up. And we actually we do this in the, in the, in the Holy Guardian Angel Retreat. Uh, and so this is the, uh, the path of the serpent, the, the long way up. Now, the, the middle pillar, which uh, you know is uh, Jether and 
Heather and uh, Off and Temperament and Yasson and Malkuth, uh, which usually get put down the feet, that's the the path of the mystics. If you want to go straight up, you know, straight up that that middle pillar, that's considered to be the path of the of the mystic who surrenders himself to the great mystical experience and does not necessarily work his way into it except in meditation and prayer and what have you, but he doesn't use uh, a great deal of symbolism and ritual and all that. And, uh, he doesn't work his way up like an occultist does. Now, the, um, uh, the lightning flash, of course, is the power coming down because in the Western system, the emanations and following Plotinus and and uh, the Gnostics and what have you, the the emanations come down from the the primal great light at the center of the universe, Kether, and and then they they differentiate and they become more and more um, differentiated and 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 complex as they as they proceed downward. Until finally, when they get to Malkuth, that's the sphere of, of matter. That's, that's a Shia. That's the the, the realm of, of physical matter. And uh, then that's where the physical matter is, is manifested. Uh, and the idea here is is that, they come, that it becomes more complex as it goes down, but it goes in order. A lightning flash is very important uh, in this because it is the order in which the energy descends. Now, what uh, our friend Basil Wilby, Gareth Knight, is suggesting here when he says that uh, uh, that uh, this 19th path that goes from Gaborah, which of course uh, you know has that's, that's number that's number five, but uh, but uh, Tippereth, of course, number six. And then uh, his head over there is number four. So what we have here is if if you're going from uh, Adeptus Major, six equals five, in Gabura, and you're going up to uh, Adeptus Exemptus, seven equals four in Ascent, what this means is, is that you're going up the lightning flash. How many of you have actually considered that, going up the lightning flash? That's very interesting, very, very interesting. That could be called the short path. You know, the, the Tibetans like to say that uh, Vajrayana is the short, that they're tantric. As elaborate as their tantric mandalas and tankas are, they like to say that this is the short path. Well, uh, going up the lightning flash is is uh, an occult short path. It's not as short as the middle pillar going straight up the path of the mystic. But if you went up, um, if you went up the lightning flash uh, to the spheres, uh, this would be the short path. And of course, uh, I'm sure that those of you who listen to it's us, you're aware that we use the interior stars Western uh, psychic center system, which is basically the lightning flash straightened out, and that provides us with our Western version of the chakras. And so going up, straight up the chakras is essentially the short path. And that's, and that's something very, very interesting to consider. 
Now let's uh, talk a bit about uh, about the actual symbolism of the path. Um, paths attributed to the letter Teth, which represents the serpent, and uh, that uh, could indicate that this is a, a short way to get around the serpent, <laughs> if you want to think that. Uh, and the astrological sign of Leo. Now, this is very, uh, very, very accurate, and, and, and uh, this path is, uh, the attributes of this path are exactly in the right place and exactly what they should be. Now, let's uh, look back into the history of assigning the tarot to the Kabbalah, and the first uh, person to really do that was Eliphas Levy, and he came up with a system which is very, very, very similar to the attributes that we use in the Golden Dawn. The only one, well, two differences. He put the fool down at the bottom, and and that was down below Malkuf, and um, and he also switched. He switched strength. He, the path uh, of strength attributed to Leo. He switched that with with justice switch the two paths. So he had justice running across, uh, which was attributed uh, you know, to Libra, and he had that running across um, the, uh, uh, the the 19th path running from Gaborah to Passat. Well, this is, uh, this really needed to be changed, and I'm, I think, I think probably Mackenzie, who we think we think uh, wrote the cipher manuscript, um, it probably Mackenzie made the change. Matters Westcott could have had something to do. I don't think so. I think it was Mackenzie who realized. Well, what Matters said later about this was that Levy really had the secret arrangement in his possession, and that he that his published version he made that change. Uh, but the, he really, Levy really knew what the arrangement should have been. Well, maybe that's true. That could be true. Um, and I know Westcott, when, it, when Westcott published his version of the Cypriot Zero, it wasn't the same as the one the Golden Dawn had in secret. Now, I know this is, sounds a little nitpicky, but actually, uh, when you consider the symbolism of of uh, the lion and, uh, and, and uh, Leo, and Gaborah uh, over there, and has said, and what the symbolism of these two spheres is. This is obviously the, the you know, this is obviously the symbolism that should go on this path. And um, Crowley, of course, had uh, uh, had the, the priestess uh, riding on the back of uh, appropriately nude and holding up a goblet and smiling, uh, riding on the back of a, of a seven-headed beast, and and uh, and he called it they called it lust. Um, yeah, I, 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 this is, in my opinion, this is um, uh, Crowley's imbalanced way of looking at things because the original uh, symbolism of the of the 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 woman closing the mouth of the lion and she's doing it very gently and the lion seems to be going along with it symbolism for this path because uh, Gabura is uh, the path of strength and action and it's martial and it's it's 
uh, attributed to Mars, and it's it's uh, uh, and it's certainly uh, and it's in the pillar of severity. So and then over on the other side, in the pillar of mercy, we have the said, which which as you remember last week we discussed that it's the it's the template for paradise, whichever whatever kind of paradise you want. I mean, it's it's because uh, it's the first manifestation uh, after the after the abyss. It's the first manifestation. Uh, the ruler. It's literally the ruler of the of the personality uh, in the tree of life. And we use we think of it and as as a uh, as the holy city. And you can look at it as, as uh, we like to look at it as Atlantis, uh, and uh, we like to think of it as Atlantis because we have a lot of astrological and uh, and mythological symbolism that goes into that. But you can also use Petalman from the Parsifal. You can use uh, you know the Garden of Eden if you're really into the Bible as it uh, you know as it is or as it's written. Uh, so the Garden of Eden would be good. Um, the um, Shambhala, if you're a Buddhist, but then if you're a Buddhist, what do you, you know, you have your own, <laughs> have your own way of doing things. But uh, so this is the, this is the template, and it's the ruler, and and uh, that's why Hesed is attributed to Jupiter, which is the ruler of the planets, and attributed to Zeus and Jove and and, uh, and whatever. So between these two, between these two. Um, it's, well, not extremes. Actually, they work together. It's sort of like I said, is the is the uh, reserved and, and merciful and 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 sympathetic king who rules everything. And and over in Gaborah, that's uh, the general of his army that makes sure that his that his peaceful, benign decrees. Are enforced. So we have we have um, we could say we have conception and we have action. And, uh, we have we have conception and and uh, intention on the one side, and then we have action and and uh, and and resolution. You know, physical resolution and action on the other side. We could also say that we have. Um, Aggression on one side and and uh, and uh, uh, compassion on on the other side. You, you can you can see how these these can work together, but they but they are also opposites, and uh, and yet they are complementary. They're complementary opposites. They they are very much a part of the character of human beings, uh, and. They are very much a part of the of the uh, combination of spirituality and and uh, and you know, animal strength that represents the human that represents the human being. And so, therefore, we need in this path between the two, we need to have a reconciliation. We need to have a uh, a, uh, a meeting of uh, of the minds, we need to have uh, we need to have a synthesis here that can allow these two spheres, uh, these two parts of our personality, to work together. The one contain the other, and one and the other contain the other uh, influences uh, back and forth, so that they so that 
the aggressive side is properly directed and, and, and controlled, and that the compassionate side is also uh, is also enforced and and, and knows that that, that, uh, that compassion and conjecture alone is not going to accomplish anything. Action has to. So uh, so these two these two aspects personally have to work together. Now that's um, the lion uh, is a perfect symbolism for that, and the idea of the of the woman closing the gently closing the mouth of the lion is perfect. I think perfect symbolism. I think it's better symbolism than Crowley's uh, Crowley's uh, uh, beautiful naked woman riding on the back of a seven-headed beast, and, and uh, but uh, that's a little bit unbalanced. But then you know, then Crowley's idea was, uh, why should we have balance? Why not we? Why, you know, let's let's have the crown and conquering child. This is the new way on. Let's let's go and whatever it feels like, do it. <laughs> And uh, okay, well, that's what uh, you know. And there's a time for that. And uh, but I think by the time you get up to this this high on the tree, that the time for that sort of thing is uh, is uh, on the lower spheres down there and below. Um, so that's my opinion, anyway. Uh, so um, the lion symbolism, as I said, is astrological and alchemical. Now. The heart of the lion being the marker star Regulus in the Golden Dawn sidereal system. Um, let's um, just talk about that a little bit, because um, quite frankly, there there's a bit of a uh, a bit of a mystery involved in that. Regulus, as you probably know, is one of the four great marker stars uh, of the uh, of the zodiac, and it's the only one of those marker stars that is smack on the ecliptic. The others are several degrees off one way or the other. But Regulus is right on the ecliptic, and that means that it is an excellent marker. Now, I'm going to read to you what, what uh, Eric Knight has to say here. Um, the lion symbolism is also found in the spiritual significance of the path Leo the lion. This constellation has been regarded as of fundamental importance in many esoteric systems, notably in that of the Golden Dawn, which received the astronomical system of Ptolemy of Alexandria. This system, instead of the now usual method of measuring right ascension and longitude from a suppositious point divided by the equinox and called zero degrees Aries, considers the start of the zodiac to be the star Regulus. Calculation by this method avoids the gradual discrepancy through the years between the signs of the zodiac and the actual constellations caused by the precession of the equinoxes. Well, that's quite a mouthful. And I'm not, uh, if, if Basil is listening, please uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, I've got, Ptolemy Tetrabemlos, and it looks to me like like they're starting at uh, zero degrees Aries. But you know, you know, I'm not going to say you're probably right, but but whatever. Anyway, uh, this brings up a point, um, several points. One, the original initiatic code was Aldebaran in Taurus, the Eye of the Bull. That was when this whole thing got started. That was right on 
vernal equinox, right where we are today. And by the way, happy vernal equinox, because today's the day. So way back 4,000 4, some years ago, Aldebaran was right smack on that, on that vernal equinox, okay? Now, that's where it got started. But, you know, during the precession of the equinoxes, uh, that began to sort of slide. And we had the, the, the we have we have this concept of the astrological ages, and if you recall, Mithra slayed the bull, and then and I think we are all aware that he was killing the bull of Taurus and ushering in the age of Aries. Well, okay, so um, Alexander, uh, Alexander uh, became convinced that he was a god, and he. And this is a you know about 500 BC, and he just he's returning from one of his uh, battles or whatever, and he goes marches his army down to Tyre. Well, Tyre is out on an island, it's out off the coast of Lebanon, it's out on this island, and they had this beautiful, beautiful temple to Melkart, their version of Hercules, uh, according to some people. This was the model for King Solomon's temple, and may have been the it may have been King Solomon's temple actually, according to some people. But at least it was the model for King Solomon's temple, and uh, and so um, uh, Alexander, who is convinced that he's a god, he comes marching his army down there, and he and he camps right across the bay from from the island, and he sends a message over to the the priests over on the island. And he tells them that he wants to come and make a sacrifice to Hercules in their temple. And uh, and they, the Phoenicians, they they wrote, they they messaged him back and said, No, we're not going to permit that. But what we will do is we'll come over and erect an altar to uh, Hercules in your camp, and 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 we will officiate. You can make your sacrifice there. Um, Alexander was insulted. Now, you don't insult a god like that. He wanted to get in that temple. And one of the reasons why he wanted to get in that temple was that was the temple of Melkart. That was the temple of Hercules. This is where the Zodiac got started, and this is where the labors of Hercules are one of the aspects of the so-called initiatic code. In other words, when you come down uh, and get incarnated, in the, initiate, in the ancient initiatic code, you get incarnated you come through the gate of cancer. Uh, and then you uh, incarnate, and you keep going around the wheel of, of the zodiac, and those, and you keep, you go through all these various, uh, supposedly, according to tradition, you go through all of these, and those are the labors of Hercules, and, 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 uh, uh, so, uh, obviously, Alexander wanted to get into that temple, and he had a reason. He wanted to get into that temple, and they wouldn't let him. So, he got insulted. You don't do that to a god. And he built a, he put his whole army to work, building a causeway over to the island. And they went over there, and he took Tyre, uh, and he crucified 5,000 Phoenicians, who uh, were devotees of uh, Melkart. Uh, this is pretty awful. And uh, and uh, but uh, the whole idea here is is that he's starting. He's really really starting the age of Aries as far as he's concerned. Uh, and so 
Uh, obviously, Ptolemy, uh, when he starts establishing our system, you know, uh, Ptolemy uh, was one of Alexander's uh, boys. So he starts everything off at zero degrees Aries. And uh, that was, uh, and so we, we, we operate on that. We, we do operate on the zero degrees Aries, but we have to remember that the initiatic code is Leo, not, is, uh, is Taurus. Now, uh, however, this puts Leo uh, right up there in the summer and, uh, and the height of the, the zodiac. And you remember that's one of the, one of the Numidian lions, one of um, the laborers of Hercules. So we got this, this symbolism uh, of, of Leo here uh, at the height of the power of the sun, and it represents the power. And, of course, the alchemical symbolism of, of the lion, the red lion and the white eagle, you know, and all that. So uh, the idea here of, of this tremendous... And you might say, you might call it masculine energy because it's not a lioness, it's a lion. And, and, uh, but then this, this rather attractive female person, woman, she closes the mouth of the lion very gently, very easily. <coughs> well, now, this is a, this is a ideal symbolism for this, for this path, as you can see. And also, it relates to very, very much relates to the the uh the rulership and has said the idea of, of the uh the rulership. Um now to move on to some uh more interesting symbolism involved in this, um let's consider that uh the treading of this path the other way, and this is what I mentioned before. The treading that I'm reading I'm reading from um um, Kenneth, uh, from um, um, uh, Kenneth Graham, I don't know. Excuse me, Basil, I didn't mean to do that. Um, uh, Gareth Knight. Um, treading the path the other way from Gaborah to Hesed is the initiatory path of the Adeptus Major, that's in Gaborah, to the accept adept, adepthood of, of Hesed, a state of being where further incarnation in earth is unnecessary. The realization of this path are therefore particularly profound for they are the end result of the experience and understanding of the complete cycle of evolution. Well, now, that is a non-reincarnation kind of, kind of view. But if you are, or it's a view, now, if you want to take the, uh, the uh, idea that you have Let's say you've circled around the whole zodiac in your incarnations, and you've gotten all the way up, and this time you get up there to have said, "Yeah, you're ready. You're ready to go off and and, and become a sparkly." Okay, you can do that. But most of us, most of us haven't gotten all the way around yet, and uh, so most of us will re, probably be reincarnating. But regardless of whether we do or whether we don't. This is the jump-off point for the abyss, okay? And uh, because, remember, you have that, that uh, the, the veil that, that runs uh, right below Tipperef. You have that, that uh, uh, the veil of the sanctuary and right across, uh, across the dioth, the hypothetical diosphere. That's where you have uh, what we call the abyss. And... Um, 
I remember we had a cartoon in the seventh grade years and years ago where these these uh, these uh, magicians were sitting on the floor and they had this tree of life uh, designed like a game board and they were playing magical monopoly and one one of them picks up a card and says go to the abyss go directly to the abyss do not pass Tipperaf do not receive enlightenment and of course he's the rest of them are grinning, and he's kind of shocked. But anyway, uh, so here we are at the abyss. Now, what is the abyss? The abyss is a dimensional, uh, a dimensional demarcation point. And above the sun, actually, is uh, if in the in the in the tree after the fall, which is what we have at the Manuda Mundum. That's the tree after the fall. It's a ten-sphere tree. And Da'af is right there as you pass through the abyss on the way to Pina up there in Bria. Uh, it is um, hypothetical. And it's like, well, of course, the whole tree is hypothetical for that matter. So this is hyper-hypothetical. And, uh, but uh, there's, quite frankly, uh, Saturn, now, I understand Saturn is the beginning of the physical universe according to the Kabbalah. Remember, it's right in the center of the cube of space. And Saturn is the beginning of the uh, physical universe. So um, here we are going across this abyss, and yet we're still uh, going to Saturn, which is the beginning. Well, uh, that means we haven't crossed the abyss, actually, technically, but we have what we do. And the reason why that is is because it's because uh, this tree uh, is the tree after the fall. Now, if you know, you remember your symbolism in the tree. Uh, up there in Bria, you have uh, uh, Bina on the Pillar of Severity over there. And it's attributed to Saturn, but it's also called the realm of the fixed stars and the and it's why it, well, it's 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 the supernal mother, you know. It, it, it's called the supernal mother, and it's Saturn. Well, you could say, okay, uh, it's on the female side of the tree, but it's Saturn. But Saturn has never been in any kind of symbolism, never been attributed to uh, to to anything female. So, in a sense, Bina is really kind of a attributing attributing Bina to Saturn. He has not exactly a parsimonious correspondence. Now, how to solve this problem and how to solve the problem of getting across the abyss to Saturn uh, and, and uh, you know, to get this to get this straightened out, we have to realize that there are, in essence, two trees. There is a tree after the fall, and there is a tree before the fall. Now, in the tree. Before the fall, and by the way, if you look in your copy of the Golden Dawn Cipher Manuscript back in the back, you'll see they had uh, they had a couple of 11-sphere trees, uh, Lurianic versions of 11-sphere trees. The Golden Dawn definitely was going to work on this. I don't think they ever did, but uh, um, they, they certainly knew that they, that they needed a tree uh, before the fall. And in fact, they have the diagrams. If you if you look in the Golden Dawn, you'll find you'll find uh, and Regardi actually does Regardi's artwork uh, of the diagrams of the tree before the fall and and, uh, and the tree after the fall. Okay. Now 
um, the way we conceive this, and I'm not trying to blame this on Regardi, you know, this is the way we conceive this, is that the tree before the fall, Da'ath, manifests and is Saturn. And we, we start an 11 sphere tree, and this means instead of attributing one to Kether, we attribute zero to Kether, one to Hesed, two to Bina, and three, as appropriate, to Saturn, which is Da'ath. Now, this gives you a, an 11-sphere tree, and it gives you a, a place, a location to actually cross the abyss and do it in a manner that is parsimonious and does, and does fit with the philosophy. So, uh, Saturn uh, uh, has, can have its symbolism that it, that it should have in this idea. And as you go from the sun to uh, to Saturn, you will uh, be be you know getting going to the abyss, and and uh, Saturn is right on the edge of the abyss, and so that's that's your jumping off spot. Uh, now that um, that is uh, a way of, of handling this situation. There could be other ways of doing it, but this is what we've found to be the most uh, the most parsimonious way to handle this, and still end up with the uh, with the proper symbolism. Now, um, the middle pillar yoga system, as you remember uh, from Regardi, uh the middle pillar comes. You draw the energy down from Kether, you draw it on down, it keeps going down, uh, uh, you know, through Da'ath uh, in the, in the uh, 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 in the uh, in the head and and and, uh, and then Tipperath in the chest and and uh, Yasar in the genitals and Malkuth at the feet. Uh, that system has been used for hundreds, well, I, now I say 100 years at least, and very successfully for drawing down this, this energy. It's different than the Eastern system. Uh, one of the major differences is that this system is astral, which is xeric. The Eastern chakra system is etheric. And, and uh, now, what we have done, and uh, it works very well, is take the lightning flash and straighten it out. And that gives us a um, it gives us a fully operating uh, psychic center system or chakra system. Still, we are using the Western uh, theory of bringing celestial energy down, grounding it, and then bringing it back up. And this means that this in between each one of these spheres is one of the ten paths of what we call the short way. Now, quite frankly, we're not going to say that in outer order work you shouldn't do all the paths down below, but you should be, because the paths are attributed to the elements, and you, and you, you should master the elements, and so consequently you should do all of the paths uh, that, that, that should be done, all the way up to Hesed, as we pointed out. So then, then after Hesed, uh, the abyss, then, then you can start using the 11 sphere tree. But for the purposes of, of, of uh, hermetic yoga, you'll use the 11 sphere tree anyway. Um, 
Now, uh, the labors of Hercules. There, I want to before you you guys go and 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 get you know, open up your bullfinch pathology and try to just plot these labors of Hercules down from from what's in bullfinch. Uh, there are two different, by the way, two different Greek versions of the labors of Hercules, and both of them are wrong. Uh, and that isn't just my opinion. That's the opinion of of everybody, including Robert Graves, that they that they really garbled them up. The original uh, labors of Milk Hart, uh, labors of Hercules, were depicted probably in that temple that Alexander wanted to get into in the worst way, and uh, and so he, he couldn't get into it. He tore it down. But uh, I think he probably did. Actually, get a look at it. Uh, but uh, the, the labors of Hercules need to be reinterpreted, and uh, we we have some. We have some some speculations along that line. Now, another thing that that I want to point out regarding this uh, this path is that that here again we don't want to unless you are unless you have you're sure that you've completed all of the uh, the labors and you are ready to uh, go off and and uh, and just merge with the Godhead. If you really are sure that, that, that that's where you, you're at, then for heaven's sake, do so. But otherwise, you're entitled to uh, use this system to uh, to advance yourself to uh, you know to uh, another incarnation. And you're also um, using the same idea now that that uh, we discussed in the in, in our uh, our show where we discussed. Uh, Immortality, you recall, we, we mentioned that uh, that uh, the idea, the whole thing behind the Shambhala Kala Chakra initiation was to, to you know, take this Bodhisattva vow to be reborn in Shambhala as a warrior of uh, Rudra Cochran's uh, army that was going to come swarming up from the caverns below and, and, and wipe out all the enemies of the Buddhist faith. Uh, that uh, you know, you were, you were uh, when you took that vow at the end of the nine-day Kama Chakra thing that you were uh, signing up for the Dalai Lama's uh, spiritual foreign legion. Uh, yeah, well, this is essentially the Telku process, and this is one of the reasons why in said that's where if we were, you know, if if Buddhists were climbing our tree the way you know we do, uh, they would have Shambhala in in Hasid. That would be there, you know. So, so the idea there is that then you uh, you would you would pledge yourself to be reborn in Shambhala and uh, and to come back and continue your work. Uh, so essentially, that's the uh, that's the the basic idea of the uh, of the Telku process, and that's the basic idea of the holy city. You know, when you start to think about it, uh, every religion, every religion. And uh, and even every magical system uh, that that has a thing like that, they have a holy city. And the Rosicrucians, of course, they have Mount Abiegnus. And uh, then, then uh, you know, the uh, in the Parsifal, we have this this sixteen gate city called Pepelbund, which is the paradise city for, in the Parsifal. 
and uh, the Christians have the New Jerusalem, and uh, and we of course the Hermetic in our version of the Hermetic tradition, the Crater version, we we use Atlantis, and and uh, so every one of these religions, you have a paradise, but the paradise is not just a place where you rest and. And, and uh, it isn't a place where you just rest and enjoy yourself and play a harp and and and, and you know and and see and feel the feathers of the angels. That's, that's not that's not what a magical paradise is supposed to be. Magical paradise is an ideal community that you uh, go to and continue your work. Yeah, work never stops. And then you you seek to be reborn in this community. To continue the work that you're doing, and, and again on on uh, on a on a uh, more physical dimension. There was uh, has said of Malkuth, or or you might say, uh, you know, the the uh, come back and do your work better. Now, uh, this is this is um, uh, this is one of the, one of the very few ways that we know. That can what they would that the Talku process works because one of the things that we have to remember, in much as we might, uh, as magicians, enjoy our ego and our personalities and our you know and our our making making a, a god out of yourself and all of that. Yes, but you got to remember that in order to be more than human, you got to be more than one human. So you really have to. Uh, if you're going to really advance, you have to uh, you have to become a representative, in a sense, of your group, of your 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 uh, your family, your your tribe, your your nation, your whatever, and expand it all the way. If you really really uh, think about it, expand it to humankind. You you uh, then then you are really becoming more and more godlike because the more you can identify with all these people that that are around you and the more that you can you can uh they can look at you and and and, and uh they re- they see the god within you and you see the god within them you are becoming more and more godlike now uh, i know some people when i'm saying this you may think that that uh Oh well, he's just some me transcendental, and 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 me, I I I I don't want to become like everybody else, and you know, and have every, I don't want to I don't want to lose myself in in some in some uh, uh, great cause or something like that. But that is, when you think about it, if you just stay just within yourself, if you're if you're and I know the great I am is the whole universe, we know that, but. The, but the flip side of that, the, the 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 paradox of the great I am being the center of the universe. The flip side of it is that if the great I am doesn't expand and become and become uh, the universe that it, that it that it's the center of, then the great I am is going to stultify. It's the same way with we say about drawing down godly power. You can draw it down into yourself. But if you keep it, if you just keep it to yourself, it's like filling yourself with with water that's going to go stale and stagnant. But if you let that water, that or that Holy Spirit, or that 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 energy, that that uh, that supernal 
spark of energy flow through you, it increases more and more and more. The more you give it away, the more you give it away to 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 your 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 friends, your family, your your group, your church, your 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 uh, your your the people around you. The more you give it away, the more powerful it gets, and the more the, and the bigger you get. And if you're looking if you're uh, looking for power. I gotta tell you, I hate to admit it, but this is the path to power because uh oh, well, I, I don't wanna mention I yeah, I don't wanna mention names of of of, of great conquerors but I, I think you can imagine without my naming some of these people. They embodied these great leaders, these great, great powerful men and women, they embodied their people. They became their the will of their people. And they didn't lose any of their will doing it. But they became not just the representatives of their people, but they became in some instances the very soul of their people. Now that's power. That is power. And sometimes that power is not used for good. And and that's one of the problems that's one of the things about magic that we have to realize. That even even magic of light, even the magic of, of 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 light, the magic of beauty, the magic of of compassion, and all this can be misused. And some some of the, some of these godlike individuals that we uh, that we we can think of have have terribly misused this power. And yet the people believed in them, and they believed that what they were doing was, from their point of view, was right. But so. That's one of the one of the dangers of magic. You 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 one of the dangers of the whole of this whole process, and it's one of the things that we we don't like to admit, but it's the truth. However, keep in mind, selfishness keeps you very small. And when you get right down to it, you know what hell really is. Hell is loneliness. Hell is being all by yourself. And heaven is, is in a sense, is fulfilling your satisfaction and your and your desire, and having and having the 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 uh, the, uh, the, the sympathy and the love of other people. Love is what holds the whole universe together, and so selfishness is not is not the route. It isn't even the route to power. And that's something that the black magicians and the and the, the people who are entirely self-centered they don't understand that. And and that that power, any kind of power, is 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 your being bigger than yourself. You're you're being uh, able to 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 give to the universe and give to the people and give and 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 bring bring joy and happiness to other people, bring hope to other people. Yeah, this is this is power, and this is the this is good power, or it can be misused. And yet, this is the way it is. Uh, Omar, the, the, the tent maker, said, uh, "I sent my soul into the afterlife to tell to tell, and by and by, my soul returned to me and said, I myself am heaven and hell. Heaven, but the vision of fulfilled desire, and hell, but the shadow of a soul on fire. Yeah." Selfishness and loneliness is hell. 
Elder Mathel and and being loved and 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 giving giving and loving uh, uh, more and more and more of your of your fellow human beings, uh, seeing their souls uh, lighting up and communicating with yours. That's that's to be desired to be power. So. It sounds like I've been preaching, but then on the other hand, uh, this is something that needs to be said about this path and and uh, and the whole process of Hassan and the whole process of going on uh, from Gaborah to Hassan and uh, being able to then pass over the abyss and, and go where you, where you need to go. Uh, I know some of the things I'm saying may be a little disturbing or maybe a little... Uh, uh, a little bit uh, thought-provoking, but meditate on it, and I think that uh, you'll at least get an idea of of what the ultimate end of the magical process is. Now, next week, next week we're going to have a real treat. Uh, Lady Joe Carson, the avatrix of Ferifaria, is going to, uh, and she's preparing a a really, really uh, detailed and, and and inspired lecture on the Eleusinian mysteries. And this is one of the great, great uh, ancient mystery schools that, frankly, is still in so many ways a mystery. And, I, and Joe, of course, is the direct, uh, the direct um, uh, uh, cella and and uh, and uh, uh, recipient of the mantle of of Fred Adams and Svetlana Butera and Ferifaria, and she has done a wonderful book on on uh, the Ferifarian experience, which she'll talk about. And so um, next week, be sure and tune in, and we will have Joe Carson, and we'll have the Eleusinian Mysteries. And until then, good magic.